I've, I've always believed that when you're listening to an artist, um, you're listening to the amalgamation of all their influences. Um, and so I found very much for myself that whatever I'm listening to, whoever, what albums that I get into heavily, that naturally influences my, um, my style. Welcome to Off Key a member on Labs podcast about music professionals for non-music professionals. I'm your host, Linda Arnold. Join me, an industry novice, in conversations with members of Canada's music industry to learn more about their roles and how they first got started in the music business. This week on Off Key, I'm talking to Noah Dirksen, who was kind enough to stop by the studio to chat while he was in Victoria for the West Coast leg of his Canadian tour for the second part of his album, America Dreaming. We talked about how he got his start in the music industry, the inspirations behind his album, and some of the differences between the Canadian and American music industries. If you enjoy our conversation, please subscribe to Off Key on your favorite listening platform. It really does help. Now let's get right into my conversation with Noah. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Um, I grew up in Winnipeg, um, Manitoba, heart of the Canadian prairies. And I uh, moved out to Vancouver, so I, I'm from Winnipeg originally. Um, I moved out to Vancouver when I turned 18. I studied at the University of British Columbia, and I lived there for five years. Um, and then since graduating, that was a little over three years ago, um, I've moved back to Winnipeg as the home base. What were you studying in Vancouver? I studied uh, a Bachelor of Science. I, I finished that, uh, specialized in behavioral neuroscience, oh. and a bit of oceanography and a touch of theater as well. Okay, interesting. Um, that's different from music. Um, <laughs> how did you first, yeah, get into music? I I was forced to take piano lessons when I was young, like like a lot of kids. Um, and at, I, I guess I, I didn't like that or I resented the fact that I was forced to practice, forced to do all these things. Um, and the guitar seemed like a um, a cooler instrument to me, so I struck a deal with my parents that if I quit, or if I picked up the guitar and took guitar lessons, then I could quit the piano. Uh, so that was when I was about 10, I started playing guitar. Um, I went to a private high school um, in, in Winnipeg um, and played in the worship band for a little bit, and then came to university. I was playing volleyball in university, and um, kind of towards second, third year university, realized that I played guitar long enough by myself in my dorm room and I wanted to start branching out and so start writing my own songs and sharing those with people. So that started then at open mics around UBC, around campus, um, and then playing for different student-run, student club events around UBC as well. Um, and then that just kind of uh, steamrolled from there and, and, and kept going until I was booking my own tours um, across Western Canada and so on and so forth. Did you find 
being able to kind of like have the micro environment of a university beneficial to starting a music career? Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've heard the university atmosphere described as a bit of a sandbox. So it's kind of a playground, not just for music, of course, but for any sort of leadership opportunities or, or running organizations or collaboration. Um, university is a, yeah, a, a very pro um, activity in environment where you're encouraged to explore encouraged to do things and so in the university setting um, there's just ample opportunity to, to perform within music there's uh, a lot of mu- other musicians that are trying to do the same thing and trying to play around and then there's also platforms for that there's a bunch of student-run clubs that host events um, for different times of the year or different reasons and and they need performers as well and so it's a great great way to just test the waters essentially and and get all the bugs out of your system before you head out into the real world and sorry how long did you say that you stayed in vancouver for Uh, that was five years so after i i graduated uh, university in 2016 um and right after that i I hit the road i released my second album and toured across canada in the fall of 2016 three-month tour from west coast of vancouver island to halifax nova scotia and then came back to Winnipeg for Christmas and then went on another three-month tour down the west coast of the states um, and then spent some time living in Portland, Oregon and then have kind of been jumping between places ever since the, the way my life is kind of structured at this point is a few months on the road, maybe two weeks back in Winnipeg, back home, a few months elsewhere, a few months on the road, a few months touring, two weeks back home, so on and so forth. Did you find it, or like, was it nerve-wracking, I guess, leaving Vancouver after kind of having developed a bit of a music community there? Um, I would university? say not at all for me. I think by by nature, um, as a musician, or at least for, for me and my, and, and the way that I saw it, being on the road is a necessary component for me, at least, and what I do, it's a necessary component to building a career. Uh, it's also... Uh, as I saw it, the best way to get out there to meet new people and to hone my skills um, and to grow a fan base from the ground up. Um, so, so that seemed like the natural transition um, of just getting out of Vancouver. And, and at the time, I hadn't necessarily uh, decided that I'm officially leaving Vancouver and I'm done with the city and I'm leaving it all behind. I had just kind of went with the idea that, okay, I'm going to be touring for this next three months and then touring for another three months after that and see what happens from there um and then since like in about the next year and a half um i was more consistently passing through winnipeg it's my hometown because my family's there and then i started getting integrated into the winnipeg music community which is something that i hadn't done before because i only really started performing when i was out in vancouver um and so then i was really blown away by the winnipeg music community by the support by the strength and just the sheer talent that that comes through winnipeg and comes out of winnipeg um and so then that became just the obvious choice to to come back to as a home base um, just because of how much is going on there and how rich the the music scene is yeah, that's really interesting to hear that because it's not, I mean, I guess Canada in general, you don't really hear about too, too many big music scenes, quote unquote, outside of like Vancouver and Toronto. Mm-hmm. I know that's something I've talked about a lot with some people from Victoria that have come on here. But do you find that there are any challenges with kind of um, pursuing a career within or I guess pursuing music within Winnipeg or kind of no. connecting outside? Yeah, or? no, I, I think um, like I, I think that the, the West Coast um, 
I, since, since moving back to Winnipeg um, and, and seeing the, the prairies and seeing the, the music scene, the Canadian music scene kind of for what it is, the Canadian music scene and the industry itself tends to be based in Toronto. So that's kind of where everything happens. Um, I find Vancouver a little bit in the West Coast likes to ignore the rest of the country um, a little bit due to its own um, arrogance. Um, and, and so I find that there's, there's more, um, like in, in, in my opinion, I'm blown away by what's coming out of Winnipeg, um, Vancouver. I found it harder to kind of really access, um, certain resources or, or to really find that community so much. I know there's a lot of, a lot of really great musicians and really great things happening out of Vancouver, but most people are moving to Toronto. Most people are moving out of town but so challenges that come from uh, being an artist coming from Winnipeg um, I haven't really experienced those um, because I started elsewhere I just touched the mic I'm so sorry um, so so I think being geographically fairly isolated in the center of the country and you know eight nine hours away from the next biggest city which is Saskatoon of you know three four hundred thousand people in Saskatoon's not necessarily known for its um, worldwide cultural impact if you're if you're longing to have this really big pop star career um, but so so I think some some artists maybe starting out can find it difficult to branch out of Winnipeg so if you're starting in Winnipeg um, and you're doing the local circuits doing the, the the scene and working the scene in Winnipeg and you're trying to expand out uh, that can be a challenge to tour to Toronto for example where that's 24 hours straight driving through northwestern Ontario, which doesn't have a whole lot of towns there. So touring can be a more challenging thing uh, from the from the prairies or from Winnipeg in particular, um, just because of that distance. Uh, for me, I had already started out touring and I had already kind of built that. And so that wasn't a hurdle for me to get over because uh, mentally and practically I had already gotten past that. Um, yeah, if, if anything, I would view it as more of a beneficial thing being in the center of the country. It's um, easy enough to fly to Vancouver, do a circuit of tours, or fly to Toronto, um, or even tour the Midwest of the States. That's something that we're going to be doing uh, more heavily in the next year. Um, yeah, so so if anything, I, I view it as a really beneficial thing. It's also an affordable place to live, um, and the creative community is yeah really, really vibrant. Yeah, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Having so 2016 was really recent. That was when you graduated and went on your tour, first tour immediately. Mm-hmm. As a young artist, this is actually I feel like you're at like the perfect time to be coming onto this podcast. So as a young artist, um, how do you kind of first make those connections to start doing something like touring? Like, were you working with a manager or an agent? No, um, I have up until. Uh, very recently, I've I've worked purely independently. Um, more recently, I've I've started working with a few different people to aid in booking. Uh, so somebody in the states that's helping out just a little bit, um, and then somebody in in Canada as well to help out with some of the dates. Um, I, I find you build connections by just doing it, um, by by doing it, getting out there, struggling, making mistakes. Um, yeah, and and the more you do it, the more you pe- meet people that are doing the same thing. So whether that's other independent artists that you can kind of collaborate with either playing shows together or sharing, um, 
yeah, sharing, I guess, connections or sharing email addresses of different venues in small town Saskatchewan or Alberta. Um, yeah, and, and then and then from there, I think there's a, you can start going to conferences, start performing and showcasing at conferences, and then that's a way to, to branch out of just the artist scene and more into the industry. Um, so connecting with publicists, connecting with managers, connecting with booking agents, um, and trying to um, yeah, figure out what the next step is for yourself on a more professional level. This might be like a really silly question as someone that has no idea how these things work, but um, if you are a young artist and you're going to a city that maybe you have no presence in or anything like that, how or like what are some techniques, I guess, or like what do you do to make sure that people show up? Yeah, you, you hope for the best. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you do. There's there's no guarantee, of course. Um, what's I think what what's worked well for me is trying to connect with a local artist, trying to connect with another local artist, um, either have them open for you or open for them um, or try to book a venue or try to get connected with a venue that um, will have people at the venue as is. So sometimes whether that's a a cafe or a bar, that's naturally going to have people at it. Whereas if you book more of an intimate um, art space or an art gallery where you have to bring your own crowd, if you, although it um, yields a more engaging concert experience and atmosphere if you don't have people to come um, nobody's going to come in that first place so that's been a bit of my strategy first time three places try to either collaborate with another artist from the local scene so that we can kind of cross-pollinate draw on family and friends any miscellaneous connections in those towns Um, yeah and, and then just book venues where hopefully there's spaces where people will naturally be at even if they're not drawn to you Mm-hmm. That's a really good tip. It's really yeah. good. That's smart. I won't be using it, but <laughs> yeah, someone will. You may. Yeah. So for anyone who is listening, Noah, who might be unfamiliar with your music, mm-hmm. how would you describe yourself as an artist or describe your sound? Yeah, I've always described my style of music as contemplative folk. Um, yeah, it's acoustic guitar-driven folk music uh, rooted in introspection and, and lyricism. Um, the my, my upcoming album, some more recent recordings that I'm doing, are more geared towards Americana or a little bit of alternative country, um, perhaps, but kind of still in that acoustic-driven um, singer-songwriter roots style. Do you find yourself listening to music that has like a similar like tone or sound to yours or do you listen to things like completely outside of your genre? Um, I, I think I've, I've always believed that when you're listening to an artist um, you're listening to the amalgamation of all their influences um, and so I found very much for myself that whatever I'm listening to whoever what albums that I get into heavily that naturally influences my um, my style so whether that's uh, and the more, and more recently, that's been songwriting. So I've listened to a lot of uh, Donovan Woods, Foy Vance, um, Rose Cousins is a Canadian artist that, that released an album, a really stunning album within the last few years. And so in listening to all those, um, I kind of consciously and, and unconsciously but pick aspects of that, of their style that, that I enjoy. Of the songwriting, I've, I've tried to be a student of, of songwriting and... and um, see what they do so well and and why does that connect with me and why does that connect with other people so to try to take those elements and learn from that and then um, I think naturally that just makes its way into my own songwriting 
um, yeah, and, and and then on the production side of things, it's um, thinking of for this new album that we're going to be releasing in the fall. It's uh, in in the the prep phase. We were thinking of well, what, or I was thinking of what what do I want it to sound like? Um, what direction do I want to head? And so working with people, um, and musicians, and primarily a producer. So I worked with a producer by the name of Murray Pulver out of Winnipeg. So thinking of what he brings to the table um, and why I would want to work with him to kind of get his influences and his perspective on it and, and see how that affects the sound And at the end of the day. Is that kind of what your process is like then? You kind of start with like a sound idea that you'd like to have and then yeah. go from there? Yeah, I would, I would say t- to some extent. Um, I just found myself really, like I, I really... So my, my earlier works were more on like very much acoustic folk music, um, kind of just purely centered on the acoustic guitar and my vocals, very stripped back uh, with minor additives. Um, and I, I just found myself um, really, really engaging and, and liking um, a certain style of music. That's kind of the artist that I said before, but a little bit more kind of the alternative country or um, a bit of the Nashville style song writing. Um, and so I found myself listening to a lot of that stuff um, and I would learn cover songs by Ryan Adams, Donovan Woods, Foy Vance. Um, and then that would just naturally influence what the songs sound like. Um, yeah, so, so I guess there was an idea there and that just... The, the thought at first and... Um, and then not like being careful not to be so streamlined and tunnel vision with with the focus. So if you have the sound in mind, at least this is my experience, still open to allowing the songs in the production in the recording phase to kind of become what they're going to become. Are you starting then with music first and then followed by lyrics, or kind of together? All, like? all yeah, it depends. It's, it's all the same. Um, yeah, the the nature of the song. Um, that'll affect the chord changes or maybe if there's a um yeah if, if there's a specific chord progression or, or riff on the guitar that that i like and that has a specific tone to it that might elicit different uh different thoughts and different lyrics and different motions so your album america dreaming has or it's currently being released in parts kind of throughout this year and then you just released the second part on july 5th congratulations um, can you tell me a little bit more about the album? Like, I know we've talked a bit about your songwriting process yeah. and how you kind of get inspired. Um, but what inspired this album in particular, I guess, yeah. maybe in terms of like storytelling? So the album's called America Dreaming, America, comma, dreaming. Um, it, essentially, it's, it's, um, it's a, I suppose, a bit of a narrative on my perspective of America as a country. So my uh, my mom's from the states. I'm an American citizen. I've spent time living there. I've spent a lot of time touring and working in the states over the last couple of years, um, and it's kind of just f- follows my perspective shift and how I view the states. Um, and so the title is a bit of a play on the American dream, um, and and how that's not exactly as accurate as perhaps I had perceived it to be. Um, yeah, and then just kind of coming to terms with my own identity as an American and what that means. Um, so, so that's kind of the, the, a rough overview of, of the album thematically. Um, all the songs were written over the last few years of touring and living and, and, and working. Um, 
and tend to be from specific places. So from when I was in Portland in Oregon, a few songs came from that. Um, I took a trip to Nashville, a songwriting trip, and the purpose was to expose myself to more of the Nashville scene and because and that's the epicenter for songwriting uh, and specifically for what I do. Um, and then a bit in New York City. Uh, I was in New York this past fall with the purpose of writing a bunch of songs and having inspiration. Um, and I out, out of that, I, so I, I was in New York and Brooklyn for a week and a half. Um, and I, I realized that I knew absolutely nobody in New York City, and so I just had this week and a half of pure isolation. And so I wrote about five different songs called Lonely in America, and then one of them stuck and made it on the album. Oh, cool. What was the decision to release the album in three different sections? Like, is each part kind of, I mean, I know you said you're, like, drawing on ideas and stuff from different cities, um, but does each part each part of the album have like a kind of distinct theme or influence or sound um so part one was recorded separately uh so it was recorded last summer and then it was released in march of of this year um and i had this idea of doing kind of a multi-part album or releasing an album in parts um primarily to to try to react to the way people are listening to music and, and the way consumers are yeah, in, engaging with music um, nowadays. So the album as a whole, uh, some sometimes for the most part, people don't aren't able to listen to it through and through. So if you look at your stats on the streaming services, if you release a full album, people tend to listen to the first three songs, and and only a select few really get past that. Um, so in today's day and age, where we tend to be a little bit more, um, I guess. Um, distractible, have a little bit shorter attention span, um, and and wanting um, to kind of have fast turnarounds. Um, the way to release it in in multiple parts and smaller chunks was a way for that so that people can engage with it and engage with all of it. Um, I still wanted to release a full album as opposed to just isolated. EPs, um, because I, I think the, the there is something beautiful and artistic about uh, a full album um, in its complete body of work, because it, you can tell a story over the course of a 9, 10, 11 song um, album, and you can really get a sense of what the artist is, is trying to say and, and their depth of songwriting or, the, or their depth of artistry. Um, so it's trying to combine the the new new age of the music industry with a bit of the old so so maintaining um the the length maintaining the 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 complete album while releasing it in smaller chunks um so that people have kind of more chances and higher likelihood of actually listening to it and engaging with it um we talked about this a little bit before we started like recording and stuff um but the theme one of the themes that you're um, experimenting with you said was kind of like the differences almost between America and Canada. Yeah. What are some of the differences that you find, like as like even just like from a music industry perspective? Um, from a music industry perspective, uh, Canada has a lot more um, implemented supports for for artists and for independent artists. So major major thing is funding, funding agencies. Um, so 
in the states, there really is not much going on for government-funded agencies that, that give individual grants to individual artists. Um, in, in the states, it's, uh, it's not as big of a scene, but, but there's more kind of philanthropists, so individuals that have a lot of money and, um, and that want to support either programs or individual artists or so on and so forth. Um, it doesn't happen as frequently. Whereas in Canada, you have a number of different agencies, government uh, nationally or a lot in individual provinces. So every province will have their own music industry association um, or funding body or arts council that has different grants and different programs available for artists across the spectrum. So whether that's recording grants um, or touring grants, um, and that's a huge um a huge leg up for Canadian artists to have access to that. Um, I know for myself, I've received quite a bit of grant funding from Manitoba Film and Music, from Factor, um, and that has allowed me to take part in um, in, in music industry events uh, such as conferences where I can go and perform, I can meet other artists, I can um, learn more about the industry, and I can meet presenters of professional festivals and and kind of get a leg up and and reach that next step without um feeling such an immense financial burden if, if, if that makes sense so without going broke it's essentially i can afford to be an artist um and and so that that's a huge huge benefit in canada um i find also canada maybe because it's a smaller country population wise um the canadian music scene tends to be quite a bit smaller um, so artists, I, I know most artists that are doing a similar thing to me in terms of the folk Americana realm uh, across Canada, uh, whereas in the, in the States, it tends to be a little bit more isolated, has is, is been my experience. Yeah, it's such a big, I mean, I guess Canada has this a little bit too, but the U.S. is so big and there's such like distinct pockets, mm-hmm. whereas Canada has that to a degree, but it's like it's three versus yeah. like a thousand and it also tends to be less um i want to say um i don't know if diverse is is the right word there but but um in the states you'll have different let's say different styles of music that are um, more prevalent in specific regions um canada has that a bit as well let's say more country music uh in alberta and saskatchewan but outside of that um the the cities and the provinces that tend to be a little bit more similar there tends to be less contrast and even um, cultural and political views and perspectives and so on and so forth it tends to be a little bit more even keeled across Canada for the most part that's that's a generalization of course um, in the states there tends to be a lot more polarization um, across the country so somebody the the perspective and the view coming from Alabama for example is going to be very very different coming from Portland Oregon um, and and whereas in Canada it's not quite that that different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a little bit flatter. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there's obviously still yeah. big differences. But yeah, totally. <laughs> um, so currently you're touring the second part of the album, kind of around BC and Western Canada. For someone that hasn't seen you live before, how would you describe like a Noah Dirksen show? Noah Dirksen experience. Yeah. How would you describe? Um, well, I, I have I recently cut it, but I have fairly long auburn hair. Um, I have blue eyes um i i've contemplated getting a tattoo on my right forearm i haven't done that yet but it's possible i'll do that by the end of the tour um 
So I think visually pretty aesthetic. Mm-hmm. I, I think people will like what they see visually. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm touring alongside a, a vocalist by the name of Abby Whale. Um, she's from Kamloops. And so the two of us have been touring together and, and playing music for the last uh, few years together. Um, so the two of us will be touring. Um, again, acoustic guitar driven with um, in- engaging storytelling and engaging vocals. Um and I think we're pretty nice to look at as well. Nice. <laughs> what are some of the best parts about being able to play your music live versus like through like the album? Yeah, um, I love touring because it, it, it allows me to um, enter towns and, and cities and communities that I would never otherwise get the chance um, to come across. Um, and it allows me to see the perspective of that community um, different than just being a tourist. I'm able to kind of, um, as touring artists, you're able to kind of come in and meet the people and talk to them and get a sense of what life is like for just a brief, brief moment. Um, and then you get to go to the next town and do it again. Um, so that, that would be more on, um, I think, why I enjoy touring as a whole. Um, as far as the musical components, um, I don't know the, the live performance has its has its flaws. It has the ability to have humanity as a part of it. Um, we started off this tour in Parksville, and I had not gotten a whole lot of sleep. I was on a plane early, early morning from Winnipeg. I was at a, playing at a wedding the night before, um, and then we waited for the ferry in line for the ferry for four hours. Missed a couple of ferries, uh, and so by the time we got to the venue, it was just in time for the show. We missed soundcheck, and I was pretty exhausted and we were playing a song in our second set and I uh, was supposed to sing the third verse and I just completely blanked and and accidentally sang the second verse for the second time um, and I thought that was a terrible mistake but <laughs> people were very accepting and gracious and and uh, there's the opportunity for an engagement I think um, and and there are a lot of things that are just simply out of your control and there's a play between you as a performer in the audience um, and it creates a really cool dynamic because every night is so very different even if you're playing the exact same songs the exact same set um, the environment is going to change everything uh, your mood is going to change everything how people are receiving it um, yeah and so it's just, it just keeps things interesting when i was talking to um sarah mcdougall who's mm. like a swedish canadian artist yeah. Um, for this podcast, she was saying that she finds or she thinks um, that like the audience kind of likes mistakes sometimes because yeah. then at least it makes like a really unique experience and it's something that's memorable. Yeah, <laughs> I try to make mistakes on purpose. Sometimes just, you know, screw up on the guitar, sing in the wrong key just so that people will, will, yeah, will, will feel bad for me or something. Come across <laughs> as endearing. Yeah, exactly. So it's great. That's what it's all about. Um, so your previous album to America Dreaming in this is going to confuse people your previous album was in search of the way and it was released in 2016 how since then have you developed as an artist or has like your sound changed at all since then absolutely since so since 2016 i've played well over 200 shows across canada uh, down the west coast of the states um, a number of times the east coast of the states midwest and so naturally, I'm just a far more experienced performer. I'm a far more experienced individual. Um, and so, so I would say everything's just more mature. Um, I think even in, in the, the songs that I'm writing, I'm, I'm a more developed songwriter. And I feel that I'm able to 
dive into different concepts a little bit more and um, yeah, I create maybe a little bit more engaging song. Um, I, I think again, just by pure repetition, I'm a, I'm a better musician. I'm a better vocalist. I'm a better singer. I'm a better songwriter and I'm a better guitar player. Um, just from three years of being on the road and practicing intensely, um, you naturally get better. Yeah. And, and then more, I think the stylistically, this new album, as I mentioned a little bit before, but stylistically, the new album is going to follow a little bit more of an Americana or alternative country flavor. And that's through the songwriting. That's been what I've been listening to as well as the production style working with Murray out of Winnipeg, Murray Pulver. Um, we kind of shaped it in a, in a, in a different direction than, than what happened previously on, on the last two albums. Um, what are some of the projects that you have coming up for the rest of the year? Yeah, so we're just finishing up uh, this tour throughout uh, BC and Western Canada um, and, and then just gearing up for the album release. So the album's going to be released, uh, the, the rest of the album, America Dreaming, in October of, of this year, of 2019. Um, we have tour dates booked in September throughout southern Ontario uh, and then October throughout the Midwest of the states through Michigan, Illinois, Wisconsin, Minnesota and then in November um, we're heading over to the East Coast so playing shows in Maine, Boston, Massachusetts, uh, Philadelphia, New York um, and then come January we're kind of doing it again so we're, so we're going to be on the road a lot and we'd love to love to see people just love to love to see people along the way um, yeah, so so just just going to be on the road a, a ton and and supporting the new album. Cool. Um, and where can people find you? At noahdirksen.com or Noah Dirksen on all the social media platforms. Cool. Thank you so much, Noah. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. She's covered in rain and filled with thoughts of loneliness. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode, and thanks again, Noah, for coming onto the podcast. I've linked to the show notes for the episode in the description, so check those out for any photos, links, and other media on the topics that we discussed. Once again, if you enjoyed our conversation, please consider subscribing to Offkey on your favorite listening platform and leaving us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. They really do help. And of course, if you have any topics that you'd like me to bring up with one of our next guests, you can either email me at offkey at membrand.net or send me a message at either Membrand Labs or Linsa Arnold on Instagram. Offkey and Fault Tolerant, our sibling podcast on tech and blockchain, are both produced by Membran Entertainment Canada, aka Membran Labs, a music services company that provides distribution services for the export of Canadian music. We're also exploring blockchain technology to create a more transparent and secure ecosystem for music rights owners to get paid. If you're interested in recording your own podcast at Membran Labs, you can find out more information on our website, www.membranlabs.com. That's it for now. I'll see you next Monday where I'll be chatting with Britt Aiton of So Far Vancouver. I'll play you out now with Love Come Easy by Noah Dirksen. Thanks. Young man sitting on his porch tonight He's sitting there watching with eyes open wide Thinking love might just walk on by But it don't come now and it didn't come then 
Sometimes you just can't know when, even when you feel it. Oh, coming around the corner, he's thinking love come easy. Switch the scene to a cafe shop. A woman walks in from the parking lot. She's covered in rain and filled with thoughts of loneliness. She takes her coffee black and she wonders where the hell she's at. How love could escape her grasp? Found in love